This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 522, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Jose Jones told me a long history. He got friends like Paco Pico Piedra. Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week's podcast, episode 522. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. I love you. And Ron Richards. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> I'm riddled with it. We are iFanboy. We like old jokes and comics. Every week we read a stack of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call that the Pick of the Week. We'll talk about that book, other books of the week. We'll do some listener mail, other fun stuff. It's a good old rocking good time. I don't know. I'm on cold medicine. <laughs> Here we go. Here's your spoiler <laughs> warning. This is a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Suck it up and exercise some caution. This I thought you were telling me to exercise. I was like, whoa, buddy. Also exercise. This is how I got Let's sick. Let's how to live. I went to the gym with no immune system. This is what happens. This week, Ron J. Richards had the pick. Uh, okay. Uh, no, I don't like that, but well, I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, so uh, this was, this is a, I had a nice little, it was a manageable week. It wasn't too many books, it was, but it also wasn't kind of a famine in terms of not enough books. And I went through my stack and I did my typical reading in order of the ones I'm most excited about or whatnot. And I'll give it to this week that, uh, that a, a surprise in the stack. I took a, I took a flyer, took a chance on Jonesy number one from Boom under their Boombox imprint, mainly because it was written by Sam Humphreys, and I always uh, I, I do enjoy Sam's work, and with art by Caitlin Rose Boyle, and I didn't quite know what to expect from it. Well, Boombox is their all ages line, right? Yeah, I don't know if it's all ages. I think Boombox is more like their indie indie line. You Lumber, know, Lumberjanes is in it. They're all and Boom Boom is all indie. Yeah, I know, but but within well, that, and Boom is very. I don't like. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of the of the of the imprint within the imprint within the imprint because it's like just put out, you know, put out what you need to put out, you know, like don't don't try to label it. But according to their um, uh, according to their announcement when they announced Boombox back in 2013, Boombox is an experimental line of titles created just quote unquote for the love of it. Isn't that all comics? One no. would think. I mean, I guess this is the this is the idea of the the stuff that's even more experimental or so even they don't have more. to make money then because they're making it just for the love of it. I guess so. Yeah, I guess that's a, a good way to uh, a good you way. Guys, to... these are marketing terms. They <laughs> may not be yeah. flexible. Yeah, exactly. And it shouldn't be reflective of the work because honestly, this I mean, there's really not a lot experimental about this comic, and there's really not a lot that should be you know kind of pigeonholed. This is just a straight up good 
indie alternative um you know kind of energetic youthful comic and i think the comparisons to scott pilgrim are going to be rampant in this discussion um yeah exactly well the art yeah the art style alone as well as just the embracing of youth culture and kind of breaking the fourth wall and little jokes like that but that's fine i mean like it's definitely a um it's a type of you know genre in terms of comic book yeah, it's a it's a comic book. It's got art. It's got words. Now, <laughs> this book just kind of exploded to me in, in terms of energy and. Uh, this book is uh, how you say is exploding to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt I just felt a lot of, I just felt a lot of energy coming out of it. I, I, have, I have much to see energies at me come <laughs> with these six comics. So, so to, to dive into the book, the 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 book is about a character named Jonesy who is in who is in high school. It's exploding to me, Ron Richards, like fanboy duck. It's exploding to me. So, it's a girl named Jonesy who's in high school, and we get introduced to her very aggressively in the beginning as she talks, breaks the fourth wall, and talks to the reader, and kind of introduces you to, to her world. And it's in and around Valentine's Day, which I thought was very uh, apropos considering this episode is coming out on Valentine's Day, and uh, she is full of angst because her school is doing the uh, buy a carnation for charity and give it to someone, which is something my school did as well too. So I could actively relate to this uh, because that was all always miserable because you had so much anxiety wondering if you were going to get a flower, if you sent a flower, all that sort of stuff. It was just really awful. But uh, through her angst around Valentine's Day, we find out that she may or may not have some sort of power. And uh, that power may or may not be to make people fall in love with anybody but her. <laughs> a little weird. Yeah, a little weird, a little weird. And, and it's, I, like, I like how it was, it was uh, ambiguous as to whether or not the power was actually real or not. And exactly. Seemed to be kind of real. They they all went crazy like zombies. Towards the end, yeah, it really did. (laughs) And uh, you know, and this was just kind of you know like high school, you know, angst and kind of wackiness that, and it just really resonated with me. Of of all the things that I read, this kind of reminded me of what I've been looking for, at least in terms of comics, which is something that's not like anything else that's on the stands right now. Um, and as I, you know, read through the the week's worth of superhero books and and the other indie titles that were out here, this is the one that I really felt as if you know Humphreys and um, Boyle really worked together nicely as a team in terms of you know putting together you know like I get a sense of uh, Sam's a Sam's a writer who I feel as if has a lot of great ideas and a lot of potential, and it's just a matter of finding the right titles to kind of utilize that potential. And I feel as if uh, him working with Boyle on this title really, you know, kind of, you know, gives a good kind of creative harmony in terms of writer and artist, in terms of getting across the ideas that he has in his head and giving you that sense of, you know, just kind of wackiness. You know, like this is kind of a story that, you know, the cartooning style of, you know, that's similar to Brian Lee O'Malley makes sense because it's just kind of so out there. But, yeah, no, I just I really liked it. I liked seeing something different. I like seeing something colorful and something really electric. And when I finished the issue, uh, you know, I saw it's, it's a four-issue miniseries. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a nice little fun, fun, nice little story. So yeah, I mean that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of what did it for me. I imagine you guys did you guys did not agree with me on it, or or I, I imagine that you guys are probably weren't as enamored as I was. It's definitely a book for you. Yeah, <laughs> there were bits of it that made me laugh, but overall, this was not for me. It's yeah, fine. I mean, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. This wasn't my right. my cup of tea. I uh, I finished reading it. <laughs> I made it to the end, which yeah. I feel like for you is a major accomplishment. I was really trying. I wanted the people at home to know that I tried. But I have nothing to contribute to this discussion. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is that it's very youth-oriented. You know, like there, there, are, there are, you know, multiple emojis used. I'm three months space. older than you. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, you know, in that, in that it's, it's, it's not, I mean, I get that it's probably not, we're not exactly the target audience, which is totally okay as well, too. I mean, like, I could see this being a real, you know, like, you know, a good introductory to alternative comics for somebody who's in high school or in college and kind of the, the you know, and, and this is a topic that we'll, we'll, we talked about a little bit on previous shows. We're going to talk about it again in the emails later today, later in the show. You know, I, I, this, this, like, imagining a world, like, Scott Pilgrim hit for us, I think, at the right time, maybe even a little later. Yeah, like, it was a little later. I remember having that thought. Yeah, but yeah. It like, won me over. Yeah, yeah. Eventually. And but when I read this, I mean, what I really thought was, I don't know who this is for. 
I right. don't know if it's good. I'm not seeing anything to grab onto, even in the sense of me, you know, like projecting myself as a younger person. Obviously, I can watch, you know, teen comedies or whatever and, and, and sort of get it. But like just structurally wise as a comic book, I wasn't finding a lot here to grab onto. I, it was very it was like watching one of those cartoons that a lot of people seem to think are funny. But I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 interesting because I don't think it's a matter of like I don't think I particularly found it very funny. I mean, like I think what what kind of grabbed me about it was that you know like understanding you know like we all get teen angst and we all get kind of that you know high school level kind of um, those kind of stories. I really connected with the carnation thing and the valentine's day thing because that's something that i could actually relate to and could remember that sounds awful by the way yeah, we, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't do flowers but we had cards for sure oh the flowers were just awful people had cards thing, people would give out cards yeah it, this it was that, it was so disruptive like i can't think of one thing more disruptive to, to a school day than every period having flower delivery happen and then everyone kind of and like it doesn't matter who you are you know like everybody everybody wants to know did you go to school on a tv show I think he did. Was there any chance it was called Bayside where you went? <laughs> no, I mean it was just a regular, you know. It was did just you go a to school in Beverly Hills? Was building? <laughs> I wish. Or a building? Wish. <laughs> I wish. I, 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 that sounds like one of those things that I would have socially removed myself from before I gave it a chance to hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> the Josh Flanagan story. Not <laughs> <laughs> playing your game, pal. <laughs> yeah, but so I really kind of related to that, and then once once that that kind of you know kind of I connected with that. It was more just kind of the going for the ride and like and, – and yeah, I mean like the Scott Pilgrim comparison is obvious. I mean like it's hard to look at Caitlin Boyle's art, artwork and not you know hear the echoes of it or see it's the echoes of it. It's a bit more idiosyncratic than Scott Pilgrim though. Yeah, it's a little more – I would say it's a little more left of center. You know, yeah. like it's a little pa- a little past the point of, of how, how deep O'Malley goes. Scott Pilgrim you know, was, was out there but this felt more yeah. F- yeah. freewheeling. I felt like this comic was shouting at me. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of it also was because there were a lot of explanation points. No, I, I think the colors, uh, the colors by Mickey Quinn were just, I keep I keep falling back on the word electric. Like, this book feels electric. It feels energetic, you know, and that that's really what, you know, like Josh, you're saying, like, in terms of something to, to connect with, that's really what, once I got past the carnation kind of reminiscing and going, oh, yeah, I hated that. As I read it, I just felt that momentum and felt that energy, and I just thought it was, a, I thought it was pretty special to me, at least. Yeah, not for everybody, but if you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something off the beaten path, I'd say, Give it a shot. Um, if you'd like Scott Pilgrim, I think it, it definitely has echoes of that. But uh, like Scott Pilgrim, though, it also has echoes of that. Yeah. And I mean that in the sense that, like, I was like, oh, it's sort of Scott Pilgrim, maybe, but not. And I, I almost feel like that was a drawback. Like, it felt like it was, I guess, uh, you know, sort of aping it, I guess, a little. Well, yeah, no, but I wouldn't say it was aping it. I mean, in terms of, I mean, maybe on, on, maybe I could see that possibly on visual I'm style. Not, it's not even an accusation. It's the feeling that I got reading it more yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know I like that. I'm excited for the I'm excited for the full four issue miniseries to see where it goes. I mean, it's definitely a you know an emo esque you know kind of uh, you know it's all about you know wanting to be loved and and but and not that. but do but really wanting to be loved but not yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> that I can relate to love me don't love me love me don't love me. Yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes for the for the, the remainder of the miniseries, and and it's it's nice to go off the beaten path every once in a while. So there you go, Jonesy number one from Boom. Check it out if if that sounds interesting to you. <laughs> so I feel like we talk about Rick Remender's books a lot, mm-hmm. and and at a certain point, I feel like we we're, the people are going to say, well, can you please stop talking about them? But they're really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over and over again, and and I want to talk about low number eleven specifically because, like, out of all of those last books, it's funny. Is this is the one I was least interested in? I almost dropped it a couple of times, and then I kept going. Ah, I like what he does. I like, and, and I mean specifically Rick in this instance. I, I don't, I don't love the Greg Tacchini art. This almost feels like if you look at it, it feels like it was like a a European book that somebody came in and translated and put like modern dialogue in. Like, it's just very strange, but it, it doesn't. I, it's, a, it's a compliment. I know that doesn't sound like it. Yeah, it sure, and, sure didn't. It sure didn't, yeah. but I know what you're trying to say. I mean, right. like, like Chokini's art style is unlike anybody else's I out like there. And I love them. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, l- l- when I opened up Black Science this week, like, first page, I was like, Jesus. It doesn't do that for me, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, he does he does a fine job and it's got a style. It's so not necessarily. You said all over again, Ron. Oh, yeah, it really is. It no, really no. is. Let me get to the point. Okay. This is the first book at, back after a, a little bit of a hiatus. Is they're going sort of into the next story of a thing, and uh, I found myself really glad that I had stuck with it. I I really enjoyed this. Like 
because this world that they've created is so weird, it's very strange. Um, and I found there's a very long sort of multiple paragraphs on the inside front cover that sort of explain where we are. And I really needed that. <laughs> and once I read that and I had myself a place, I, I read the book and I was like, this is, this is also really good, just like those other ones. And, you know, everything works perfectly in itself. Greg, Greg Tacchini is the perfect, correct person for this book. And I just, I really dug it. And I'm glad I, I, I kind of, I had sort of walked away from it for a little bit. I thought, okay, that's, that's a book I don't have to keep reading because I don't want to. And, and damn it, I, I do. I do. But I really like the sort of relationships between the, the sisters that are existing and then this other sort of third character came in and now they're going to go on an adventure in a submarine. And, uh, but, but then there's lots of stuff going on. It's just, it's another really good book. And, uh, you know what? Rick needs to stop it. He, I mean, he's on a creative tear. I mean, oh, like, it, yeah. you know, yeah, taking the step away from doing mainstream work and focusing on his creator on work, I think has been, has given us some of the best comics. I mean, also Black Science 20 came out this week. I don't think we're talking about this uh, as well. Again, it's, 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 it's crossing into the, it's just, it's just stupid good. It's just like, it, it's, it's, it's really great to see the, uh, creative, you know, the, the the creative explosion coming out of him with within the different genres and the different types of stories and working with the different artists. I mean, like you know, Low is completely different from Deadly Class, completely different from Black Science. It's just, it's, it's. I think we're, you know, we're we're definitely at a lucky time with Rick and his creative output with all this stuff. Peak Rick. Peak Rick. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it really is, and it, and it's funny because there's some guys that have a voice and that can be. A drawback, and some guys that have a voice that you and and for him, like it's his books are clearly his books, you know. Like there's a a questioning, an angry questioning that sort of happens in his characters in his books, and I and I like that. I find it comforting in this instance for whatever reason. Just another another really good series. Like it's it's probably my least favorite of the series, but it's still like a really really good series, which is a good track record, I guess, over average. Yeah. Now, Josh, what did Ron tell us right before we started recording? I don't remember. That this was a perfect script. This script contained oh. no errors. Oh, oh, oh dang it. <laughs> I was so close. You flew I too close so to the sun and you bragged about it. Too close to the sun. All new X-Men number four, not number one. Sorry. From Dennis Hopeless and Mark Bagley. Andrew Hennessy, oh, man. Nolan Woodward. I, Corbin. I gotta I I gotta say, I think this is my favorite X-Men book. It's super fun. It was funny because recently um, a prominent writer for Marvel who used to write the X-Men was in in town and I was hanging out with him and we were talking about the X-Men books and I was expressing some of my discontent about the whole, you know, like, let's not say what happened to Scott and like that whole, like, you know, which we've complained about here. And he was just like, well, what would you do? You know, like kind of said, what would you do, X-Men? And... I think that Dennis Hopeless is doing with all new X-Men the closest to what I want out of an X-Men book, which is just, you know, a cohesive team, not too many characters that are, you know, that are being heroic and having, you know, pro- you know, realistic, relatable problems within themselves, um, within, you know, within their own personal relationships. And this is the closest to it, I think. I think that, you know, in, you know, this particular issue, like, I don't really get what they're doing as a team. Like, I get, you know, I guess that they're, you know, basically just gallivanting around the world, going wherever there are problems. And, and Hank McCoy's made kind of like a problem detector. And they, they, they have the BAMF who tra- teleports them to wherever they need to be, you know, to, mm-hmm. to be heroes. But within that, you know, we're starting to see. Sounds like you get what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, so I guess I guess I do get what they're doing. But I don't get what the purpose is. Like, I, I want a home base. Like, I want the mansion. That, but that's well, another they're not that X-Men. They're the, they're the weird out-of-time ones. And I think what's interesting about this particular team is that because this is such a specific team, you know, you can't, like, swap members in and out, really, because it's about the out-of-time guys. I mean, Jean's gone. She's on another team. But other than that, it's everyone else. They get to actually grow, and, and we get to actually follow them, right? So what's interesting to me about this issue was Wolverine, or X-23. Well, I, she's Wolverine now, so, yeah. X, go with it. X-23. <laughs> There's a line. Is, diff- is completely different than when we met her originally in this book. You know, she is yeah. fully embraced falling in love with Angel and being a girlfriend and being a, this power couple on the team and being heroes, and it's freaking Angel to fuck out. And I like that development because it's so different from where they first got together. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I like, you know, we've been following that for a couple of years now, or at least it's felt like it, this book is probably coming out he's weekly. Been, it's probably only been three months. Yeah, in, in their time, it's really only been like a month and a half at that. Yeah. But I think we've been writing X23 since forever. Right. Yeah. Two thoughts. Yep. 
one, Dennis Hopeless is the real deal. And I feel like we don't think of him in that instant, in that way. This is the highest profile book he's been on, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. But it's weird because everybody else seems to move up so fast. True. And yeah. he's just doing his work and it like, this. hey guys, this works really good, but he doesn't get the same kind of accolades in, in the same way as some... But I don't know. I feel like I feel like he needs to have broken through more than he has. I guess that's a little up to, you know, people talk. Go to page seven on your app. <laughs> I've always been a Bagley fan, and I, you guys have been harder on him than I have. I'm always defending him. I think he does good work in this book for the most part. But yeah. page seven, Cyclops has no eyes. Yeah. Well, that was, that was my that second. That visor's up all around his forehead. And that, yeah. <laughs> that, was my, that was my second point is that I was going to – because I didn't read this, but I was going to be like – I mean if, if – the thing holding me back is like I don't I don't really want to read a Bagley book and I'm just gonna. He's good though, and he's good. I mean it's 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 it don't come, it's passable. I mean I don't wanna, it's more than passable. I mean like it's it's well. I mean Bagley is one of the greats, and so it it is good. It gets the story across. If there was a dynamic artist that I if put Nick Bradshaw on this book or put yeah. although here he did Wolverine the X Men, but put a you know put a artist who. I'm, who's newer, who's got more excitement around him, I'm probably raving about this book. Mm-hmm. But for now, you know, given, given you know, it's better than Greg Land. You know, I'd rather have this than he's Greg Land. He's doing a good, good enough job that I noticed the panel that was bad. It stuck yeah. out. Like, the re- he's, he's doing some really dynamic, there's, there's a great shot of her jumping through the pane of glass and then ju- ju- yeah. jumping through the fire. Like, she's, he's, he, he draws Wolverine's costume really well. Um, yes, yeah. The art is fine. If you can get through it in Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, you can get through it here. For some reason, like that fit. It's like you take a guy who's like really great in one band, and you're like, oh, I like that band. And then, then later you put him in a different band, and it just sounds exactly like the guy who was in that other band. It doesn't fit. Like that's, yeah. it's like that for me. And I don't know if it's like you know a thing I used to like, but I don't so much now. Give this right. issue a try. I think this is the start of a new arc according to the mm. cover. Yeah, Marvel's really one. no. Yes, yeah, number one. <laughs> it's number four. <laughs> well, oh, it's too tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the second typo. I see it now. God dang it! No I one hope, hopeless's name wrong in the script. Anyway, um, no one has ever done a perfect script. It's never happened. It's never. It's impossible. There's just too much. There are too many variables. It's riddled. Um, too many moving pieces. So just, I, I would give this one a shot. Different. This is start of a new arc, as they helpfully tell you on the cover, which I actually am not making fun of. I think they should do more stuff like that. Yep. To tell you that a new arc is starting here. Agreed. Check out number four. That you you can totally read this one without knowing what's happened previously. They give you enough information. It's the same yeah. characters we've been following the whole time, except for the added one or two. It's good. It's very good. Yeah, no, like I said, I think it's my favorite X-Men book as of right now, so yeah, definitely stick with it. Um, are you guys reading Wade's Avengers, or am I the only one? I'm not. I'm not. You're not? Okay. I tried, and then I just didn't care. Okay, well, I, I'm, I, I'm mainly reading it right now because of the Mahmoud Asar art, and I feel like that's what we talked about last time I talked about yeah. this book. But this issue, and I feel, is it weekly? Like, it didn't just come out? Get those books out. Get that market share up. I'm telling you, that is exhausting me. It really, it really schedule really is. is just. I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm full. I've had yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, the thing about this issue which really struck me is just the, the difference in tone. Like, I think I got too used to literally a decade of Bendis and Hickman Avengers mm-hmm. to now reading Wade's Avengers is just like it's like snapping my neck back, and I can't. I, 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 I it, the, the tone change is too much. You don't um, like it. I, I don't like it. I don't like wow. it at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it 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 doesn't feel right. But you had like, so I, many I, years I, before that of Avengers who were that kind of tone. Yeah. No. No. I know. Well. No. With 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 the with the Bendis and Hickman tone. Like no, I think I got before to, that. Yeah, but for whatever reason, I just for whatever reason, I'm I'm having a hard time with reentry into the series with um, Wade at the helm. It's just this. Apparently, there's something wrong with the vision, and he's causing strife internally without people knowing, and that leads to uh, both Ms. Marvel and Nova getting kicked out. But like, but it, like, it's one of those things where you don't quite know what's going on, and weird things are happening, and you know something's wrong, and you're just waiting for the characters to realize it, and you don't know what the explanation is. Mm. Um, which I get is a story device, but and it's not meant to make me feel comfortable. You as hate a reader. that. You I hate it. I hate, hate it. it. I really do. You can't I really, stand really, it. Really you won't abide it. You need to. You yeah. need all the information. I need the info. Yeah. Not that I need all the info. It's just I don't know. It, it's just. It, but but the thing is, there's something about the tone, and there's something about this team and the makeup. Like it's just it's just not. It, it's not. You know how sometimes like it clicks and then it doesn't click. It is not clicking for me. But Mahmoud Asrar continues to be awesome, and so as long as he's drawn it, I'll still read it because I think he's great. Yeah. He is great. It's just not clicking for me. Just not clicking. I need that click. 
the Mark Wade can go either way. Yes. He's always and got then, a, a voice and a point of view. And sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't. But, that, but that's the thing is that, like, what's funny is that Mark Wade is not, um, don't get me wrong, Mark Wade, award winning writer, have a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's written some amazing, amazing things. He's also missed the mark quite a bit sometimes. The kids, the Flash kids. The, the Flash kids is, is, the, is, the, is, the, is the big, one of the biggest examples. But that's not, a, that, that's not the only one. I feel like there are other times where, where he, he, you know, didn't quite nail it. And I think this might be one of those cases where it's like his work on Daredevil was inspired and it was focused and it was it, and it and it clicked. It just worked. Whether it was Somni or going back to Paulo Rivera or whatever artist he was working with, it just worked. But for some reason on this Avengers side, I don't feel like he has something to say with this. You know, I'm sure he would debate and 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 tell me that he does, and just be patient and read it through, or whatever. But I don't get that same like when you read that first issue of Daredevil, you knew you were reading something special, right? Remember that? Like, and and I don't I don't get that same je ne sais quoi from this. You from, can't from do that series. every time. Yeah, we're, but no, exactly. Yeah, if your book is called, you know. All new, all different Avengers or whatever. Like, I guess that's the point. It's literally all new and all different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but if it doesn't blow you away, it doesn't blow you. Yeah. The thing is that we've come to the point where, like, oh, there's a premier creator on an Avengers book, and it's like this one will be amazing, and they like they can't all be amaz- amazing. Yeah. And then you start to get disappointed because you're constantly being given a new number one and a new start and a what and like it does. It happens so often that it's not it's not invigorating anymore. Yep. Or, yeah, agreed. And also, I will I will say it with every issue, stop with the Alex Ross covers. I don't think you're going to win that one. I don't think we're going to win it either. But, <laughs> I just, but like, talk about such a dramatic disconnect between the art style of the book and the cover style. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't. You know, it does. It, the, the cover doesn't help the book. I don't think. I, I think I, I want to go. I, I wish I was in. I, I didn't get to go to the comic shop on Wednesday. You know, I, I went. You know, I got my stuff on Thursday. But I wish that. I would have liked to watch people in the store because I don't think people grab it anymore. I don't think I feel bad. Like it, it feels dated now. Whereas it felt vital and amazing and different in the late nineties. Now it just feels like I bet that I bet an Alex Ross cover moves twenty to thirty percent more units. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I think mathematically that is totally the case. I mean, yeah. I am definitely of the mind now. Like I want the guy on the inside of the book doing the cover. I just, yeah. I just do yeah. in most instances. The, I mean, uh, ironically, you know, Astro City is an example. Like, well, they have a precedent. You put an Alex Ross cover on it. Great. That's how it happened. But most yeah. of the time, I don't want that to be the case because there was there was a like that told you something that told you what you could expect inside the book. Right. And, and, and when you have Alex Ross on the cover, you have no idea what to expect on the inside of the book. And there's there's something jarring about that to me, I think. All right. All right. This could be the cold medicine talking, but it's possible <laughs> that DC is fucking with me directly. I'm not <laughs> sure. So Batman Superman 29, the variant cover by Neil Adams features a play on the famous Green Lantern, Green Arrow cover in which, you know, they discover speedies on smack. This was, a, I don't know if they're doing this whole month or this yeah, week. Yeah, they've been on the DC yeah. covers. And this one, Superman and Batman discover Robin doing smack. I don't like that image. <laughs> I don't need that image. Which Robin? It's Tim Drake's costume, so I assume it's Tim Drake. Fuck that. Well, it, it, of all the Robins, Tim Drake would be the one to, to no. get on the smack. No, no Jason, not. Jason would be on smack. Uh, I guess Tim, is, hot, Tim is the most straightforward out of all of them. Yeah, I guess He'd so. He'd be the least likely to. <laughs> That's why. I don't like the little little bit of blood on the needle, on the, oh, like, oh, yeah. the big pile of heroin there. I just, like, I don't need it. Don't yep. need this image in my life. Red tops. However. WMD. Batman Superman 29 probably would be my pick of the week. And really? I'll explain why. Wasn't Lobo in this? Listen, listen. I'm getting uh, there. All right, all right. Don't jump ahead. Uh, so Scott Corelli, <laughs> uh, who's the host of Geek by Night and Back to Future Minute, he tweeted at me before I read my book saying, don't sleep on Batman Superman 29 because Tom, uh, Tom, Tim Taylor, Tom Taylor? Tom Taylor, Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor is writing the book now, and he's basically writing the pre-52 versions of these characters, and he's 100% right. This is part two of a story in which a, a giant alien was found on the moon dead, and she had carved with her finger the Batman and Superman symbols, very, looking very much like the symbol for the new movie with, with Superman S inside the bat. Very well done for someone dying, and looks like, well, on, on her back. So it was very, very impressive work. A graphic design race. This is just an old school, classic old school Batman Superman story where Batman's got to solve a murder because they, they discover that she's been murdered, and it's, it's like a giant alien, so they look like little Gulfers travels, Lilliputians next to her body. And Superman goes off to follow a clue, and they, you know, things go sideways on both of them, and uh, 
isn't everything's not what it appears and Lobo shows up and I hate Lobo but that's a minor part of the story just great character work and it really did feel costumes aside really did feel like we were dealing with the old school team of guys who knew each other very well you know not best friends but not enemies that characterization that felt like it had years behind it and not not this weird hybrid one we have now and also the artwork by Robson Rocha and Julio Ferreira is great Robson Rocha drew the first part but he had like six inkers on it and it, it was a bit of a mess but this time with the Julio Ferreira inks it actually was really strong art I loved the art, I loved the story, I loved the characterizations. I hate Lobo, hated the, the variant cover, but this issue made me really, really very happy. This felt like a DC book used to make me feel when I read them, which I don't get anymore, really. Really good stuff. If you like old school Batman Superman, you can check out 28 and 29 so far. Really, really good. Even with Emo Lobo? I hate Emo Lobo. I, hated, I hate all incarnations of Lobo. All versions of Lobo are terrible, but Emo Lobo is particularly terrible. <laughs> there you go, DC. There's your challenge. Create a version of Lobo that Connor likes. I don't need one with low slung jeans. <laughs> Looking more like Death from Sandman than Lobo. Yeah, you know, yeah. Is yeah, it worse or better off. than regular Lobo? There's really is no better in that scenario. Huh. But if I had to choose one, it would have been the older, bigger, yeah. bulkier Lobo than than skinny goth Lobo. Everybody in the New Fifty Two lost a lot of weight. They really did. They really wow. did. There's no carbs in the New Fifty Two. Well, the, I mean, the thing is this: is that you know they're trying to they're trying to you know show the way to be. And we have an obesity problem, right. so it's aspirational. Yeah, well, Lobo yeah, exactly. wasn't fat; he just was bulky. Well, he was he was he was, he was healthy. He was uh, yeah. He was he was he he uh, he was uh, with me in the Sears Husky section. That kind of that kind of <laughs> bulk puts puts stress on a skeleton, you know, yeah. like especially in space. Not if you're a Zarnian or however you say that name. Zarnian. 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 Why did I know that? I don't know. Why did you know that? I don't know. I just went into a fugue state. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> goddamn Lobo. Quick break to remind you to go to ifanboy.com slash support. That's how you can help the show. Two things you can do on that. Uh, three things you can do on that page. You can go to the Amazon link where you, if you're making an Amazon purchase, you can go through there. And we get a little piece of that action. It doesn't cost you any money. It costs Amazon some money. And you can even make that your permanent bookmarked link. And you don't even have to go to ifanboy.com slash support. You remove a step. You're telling me this now? Jesus. Also, become an iFanboy member on that page at 3 bucks a month or 30 bucks a year. You can help the show directly by becoming a member, and you become our favorite people, and you help us directly, and we love you very much, and you help keep the show going, you help pay for the server costs and all the different things, Josh's heroin bill. Uncalled for. It's the one you least expected. It's the quiet one. I bought bourbon this week. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, man. Wow. We've, we've leveled up, haven't we? Are you stripping paint, or what? are you going to drink it? I drank it. Wow. Not all of it. In one go? No. That's, you need to learn how to drink it, Josh. That's an advanced move. I, did, I looked it up. I did look up on Google. <laughs> how to drink bourbon. Yes, Pour it in cup, put cup to lips, sip. Yeah. Is that basically what happened? Whether we want to do it with water or ice or what would be best. Oh, boy. It's going to be cold this weekend, isn't it? Is that why you got it? It's really cold. It is a nice warming agent. Yeah, I wish I'd, I wish I'd started that when I was sick. Yeah. It would have helped. So, the, as you can tell, Josh is going to have bourbon bills and soon rehab bills. So, become an iFan my member. Three bucks, I won't three go. Three bucks a year. And you can also on that page just donate any money you want, any random donation. You know what? We can do games like donate a certain amount of money and Josh will try. Uh, scotch is not good. Scotch. <laughs> I had some scotch. Like a, Connor couldn't finish the sentence and Josh will try um, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like that at a certain point, like just raising the bar becomes very problematic. <laughs> well, you're at the point now where anything, I mean, like, I, I drink scotch now because I've gone beyond, that, that sounds horrible, but, like, I, you know, I need, a, I need, something. you needed more, I needed more, like, you're like the guy who drinks, who drinks, like, a cup of coffee a day, and it was fine, and then he found that that wasn't working, so he switched to double espresso, and then right. it was, like, a bunch, and then at the end, you're like, well, this isn't working, and then before you know it, you're talking to Greasy Tony in the back of the club. Like, there was a point where I realized I was drinking whiskey as a palate cleanser. <laughs> I really love where this show is just gone. <laughs> like, if I needed something light at the bar, I get a little fashion. Oh, I, to I totally see that. Yep. Now it's, it's scotch. Roma. Yeah. It's all Mike Romo's fault. Scotch is... Yeah, yeah. I currently well, like, have three bottles of scotch in my apartment. There was literally a moment, like, two days ago where I thought, the next time I go visit Connor and Mike Romo, I get to have a drink with them. Yes, you do. I was excited about that. I was like, Mike can make one of his drinks, and I'll be like, yes, I will have one, please. Like a real grown-up. I'll be 39 this month. I know where I'm taking you when you come to visit next time. a real boy. I found my com slash support. That's where you can help facilitate our burgeoning alcoholism. All right. Ron? Yes. Is that worse or better than sandwiches? 
<laughs> Better. Neuromancer number three is a fucking weird issue. I wanted to highlight it because, once again, this episode's coming out on Valentine's Day with a little bit of the romance angle things. But I, this book just gets crazier and crazier, and I love it. It's Peter Milligan joy. You know, just fantastic. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying... I finish it and I go, I don't I don't know what I'm reading here, but I'm kind of enjoying it. The art is from Brett Parson is really great. Really, yeah. really, really great. Cartoon. And I didn't realize that Todd, Todd Klein is doing the lettering. So there you go. It's very bizarre. I couldn't even really describe it to someone who hasn't read it. it, it there's a bit of a parody of technology and tech culture and yep. startups. And then there's the uh, Lord Byron and it's Casanova is the bad guy, right? Yep. Running around in the world because this girl's developed this technology to bring their personalities into, they were... Reality. They, but they, reality. They're, like, they're like androids or something, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're real, but they're not real. Yeah, but they're... Yeah, they're, and they're, they're actual, sentient sex bots and... Yeah. Like you'll have. It's crazy. And then now at this issue, we've got Matahari is, yeah. is there. And a there's a big contest to win a date with Lord Byron and have a date on the Golden Gate Bridge. And like it's just like, it's just crazy. It's funny. I mean, I, I laughed out loud at during Lord Byron's speed dating, where it's like, the girl's like, all right, I don't have a lot of time. There's a lot. I got a lot of matches in here. You know, why should I sleep with yeah. these? Like, I'm Lord Byron? <laughs> I'm Lord Bloody Byron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bloody Byron, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's just it's. I mean, if you're looking for something more humor based and wacky, and and you know, with a little touch of the romance here in Valentine's Day, then you know, then I think definitely it's third issue new romancer. It's you can still there's still time to go pick up the first two and have a fun little romp catching up. Ron uh, Richards of I Fanboy says it's more humor based. It's more humor based. So, there you go. There's still time. We're going to review my reviews now? Yeah. So moving on, this weekend showed the release of uh, the Daredevil, uh, not Daredevil, the D- Deadpool movie. Oh, uh, Red the, Masks, who knows? The, the movie that we never thought could actually be made and good good for them. And it also, when we were talking last week about Nova, I, I remembered how much I enjoyed Jerry Duggan's writing. I'm like, I want to read something Jerry's writing. And sure enough, he's writing Deadpool. Um, been and for quite some time has been i know and and i i started reading this when it launched at issue number one and then i dropped off just because i just uh, it, it was weird with the mercs and with all that sort of stuff um but i picked back up um and this particular issue gave me such a wonderful gift uh with art by scott koblish within the third page of the book we get a entire cutaway view of deadpool and the unity avengers new headquarters with a little oh, game where that. you can help where you can help find Deadpool's gun and like I just I la- I spent maybe ten minutes just pouring over this cutaway laughing at the little jokes and the little things in there that was a blast but uh, yeah no, I mean I, I mean Jerry Duggan is a great writer and and he seems to be dial- really dialed into Deadpool and this is a lot of fun and so on I a Deadpool filled week this was a nice little uh, nice little taste of it taste of the insanity I think I did two or three issues of this run and I thought I need to take a Deadpool break. Go read this issue because there's a couple of funny parts. I, well, I yeah. saw that because Koblish used to come on and do the sort of palate cleanser issues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they were the ones like the way that would take place in the past. And yeah. those were always great issues. I think there was a couple of pick of the weeks out of there. So just reading that now that, that Koblish does, I was like, oh, that's always good. Yeah. And th- this isn't so much a one and done or isn't kind of a, a pause. I mean, just Koblish is doing the art on it and it's continuing. Like Deadpool, something's nagging at Deadpool that he's missing something in his memory. So he's going, he's traveling around the Marvel Universe trying to figure out what he can't remember. And in doing that, he insults Iron Fist and digs up Doc Sampson and just, yeah, just funny. You know, you know, and there's a, you know, he's getting revenge on people like the guy who spoiled the, the last Harry Potter book for him. You know, it's just, <laughs> just funny stuff like that. And it, it was a lot of fun, So as it, as it should be. And I guess, did I put this on here? I think yeah, I yes put uh, yes, Autumn Lands 9 on here. Again, another another book that I keep thinking, maybe I don't want to keep reading it, but I kind of like it. And then it went away for a uh, hiatus. Well, I guess it was just the delay. I'm being generous with that term. A lot of the image books are building in hiatuses. The in the letters page, he apologized, and uh-huh. I, I was just I had just taken it as being hiatus because this looks hard to do. So it's fine. Are either of you still reading Autumn Lands? I moved the trade on it. No. Yeah, I dropped off. I, I just it, it's uh, basically the first thing was this big crisis among a bunch of people where the city you know was floating and then it crashed, and now we're at the point where it's just sort of a I guess it's like a road trip, like the young dog guy and then the human guy. Are, are on a quest, basically going through, and they, they find this like town full of, uh, I'm going to say this and sound dumb, that's why I paused, sheep men, and 
the sheepmen like need them to help them with their magic, and and the and the the humans like yeah yeah sure, and the other ones the other guys like we we don't have anything. He's like be quiet. And so the sheep are really nice. There's this nice sort of moral, you know, crisis that's going on in between the characters, and and you know who's going to lead and who they really are, and uh, it's it's interesting. It's really I really like the Ben Dewey art a lot. Uh, it's a, it's a really well done book. Cool. So Batman Forty Nine features finally the return of Bruce Wayne. Big issue, right? Big issue. A couple of things about this. One, really focusing on the stump the first couple of pages. Really, like, like stump detail. You couldn't escape it. You could not escape yeah, yeah, the stump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was worth noting because Yannick Paquette drew it. This is one of the rare issues of this run that Capullo has not, yep. uh, not drawn. We but were just talking about that, yeah. I liked this because it was very un-Snyder-like, and I know he co-wrote it. It was, you're right. He co-wrote it with James Tinney and the Fourth. Very un-Snyder-like. So this issue, what basically happens is Bruce Wayne realizes he was Batman, but he's not that guy. So in order to be that guy, he has to institute his fail-safe backup plan in which he basically reboots his brain back to the last time he synced it to the computer, which was before the Joker fight, (laughs) kind of like when you have to get a new iPhone. (laughs) So now he's back. It's old Batman from before the Joker fucked him up. But there's an intercut with this whole story is visions of, I guess, the future. His whole fail-safe program is... A series of Bruce Wayne clones will just have his brain uploaded into it, and so then there will always be a Batman. What I liked about this was this always happening, and I just missed it. Well, there no. was a reference to yeah, the, okay, there no. was a reference or two to the program before. Comics used to do; they would always tell these bizarre future tales, and they never were the same. They never matched up. It didn't matter. They could it just felt like the writers could tell whatever they what would happen in the future, and this felt very much like that because this doesn't fit with any kind of the once in future Thor. I will always remember that one. Right, and this yeah. is it feels very much like that sort of thing where it doesn't match up with Morrison's future, where Damien's Batman, and doesn't match up with Dark Knight Returns, doesn't match up with anything, which I like. I like that. So that part was very Snyder like, and I kind of like when you get surprised by a writer who you, you think you know yeah. his style very well. A lot of stump though. I, actually, I, my my issue with this issue is I really like I, I didn't like Alfred in it. It felt way off. Yep. But he's been through. Um, he's lost that. I hand. disagree. I disagree. That changes a man. His son basically finally found happiness, and he's desperate to not let him go back. I know. I, you know, it's a combination of a couple of things. Like he didn't look like Alfred as I thought, and like look like paunchier and doughier, mm-hmm. and he just didn't have any of that sort of. St- Stiff fortitude part of the character that, I, and I understand exactly where you're coming from and he is coming from, and I I, I got that. It just something was off about it for me. It didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I can I can see that, but uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So the the news broke this of, week. The news broke this week that uh, issue fifty one is the last Snyder and Capullo issue. Yes. Are you? How do you feel about that guy? We'll, we'll talk. Tough. We'll talk about that in, in the letters column. Oh, okay. We will. All right. Yeah. You did the script. <laughs> I did the script. I did the script. Okay. Well, and uh, talk about endings. Didn't Starfire get canceled? Well, we're going to talk about that. The script. You wrote the script. <laughs> I'm trying to segue into the next book. There's two more books. <laughs> you gave me two in a row. Starfire number nine. Yes, the series is ending because all the DC books are ending again. So it's ending at issue twelve. The reason why I wanted to mention Starfire, we haven't talked about it. I think since it debuted, this is a Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor written series. Is that the new artist? Also, another really disturbing Neil Adams variant cover. Yes, agreed. Really disturbing. So this issue is the first issue with the new artist. Well, you, would you want to say what was disturbing about it? Or okay, <laughs> similar to the other cover, which somebody's walking in and somebody shouldn't be doing something. Uh, Starfire <laughs> walks in on Robin or Beast Boy. We don't know because the body's half Robin, half Beast Boy. Really disturbing. And it looks like he's looking at something on the laptop he shouldn't be. And, and he says, are you Robin or Beast Boy? We don't even know. It's creepy. <laughs> but anyway, this I wanted to talk about it because the, the debut of the new artist, Elsa Char- Charity. Charity. Yeah. Really nice and very uh, reminiscent of Darwin Cook. Yep. There's a couple of panels here and there where I thought this is very Darwin Cook influence yep. in the faces and things. That sort of cartoony style. Perfect for this, the tone of this book, which is lighter and funnier than your average superhero comic. So I wanted to mention that if you like that kind of art style, you should check out the last couple of issues of this series because she's talented. She's obviously, it seems like she's new, and she's only going to get better from here. She's, she's good. She's really good. Excellent. And so the last book, we're going to take a, a quick step over to Star Wars Corner for Vader Darth Vader. Up. 
Vader up for Vader, Darth Vader number 16. Um, and the real reason just why I wanted to highlight this is because this is the first issue of the next story arc, which is the Shu Turin War. But it opens with a uh, nice little prologue of Vader stopping in to visit Sheev, the Emperor. And I can't and I cannot read Emperor dialogue now without doing the voice in my head. So it, wait, it, what, what happened to the end of Vader down? Vader down. He just left. He's like, <laughs> I'm done. That's pretty much what happened. Everybody's just like, all right, let's go. And they all went their separate ways. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Vader up. Vader up. Vader up. <laughs> That's like somebody who's like, I'll have uh, two eggs and uh, Vader, up. Vader. Vader up. Vader up. <laughs> Basically, basically, the, you know, the, the rebels got they got a little they got a beating. C three PO lost his arms. We talked about this already, but uh, but essentially, everyone just walked away. Yep, that but, is how it ended. Yep, I did enjoy seeing the emperor in this issue. Yep, <laughs> he's just reading it like he did. Oh, it's, I mean, that's how you're supposed to read it. It's great. Show your merit, Vader. <laughs> oh, good times. All right, very important to me. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. <laughs> So those are the books that we read this week. Go to ifanboy.com and you can comment on this post to uh, share your thoughts on these books as well as anything else that you've read this week. We want to hear from you. You can go do that at ifanboy.com. On to the voice uh, – on to the emails. <laughs> There's your other – You Wow, man. Beginning. Wow, it's three. I you called it. it out. This one, guys. If you hadn't yeah. said anything. Yeah. He really made a big deal of it before the show about how this was the first error-free script. This is not even Listen, close. I spent time on it last night. I was working on it. Oh, man. Anyway. All right. So our first email comes from Zach from Virginia who says, I've been thinking about this question only briefly, but across the multiverse by many alternate selves. So maybe that counts. Nope. No? Doesn't count? Okay. What iconic comics characters would benefit by losing a hand? Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Zach. <laughs> that seems mean. <laughs> Does, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, kind of like my thing. It's like asking uh, which one of you most needs to be punctured by a rebar. <laughs> oh, oh. No rebar, please. Uh, I also like that. In addition to everyone quantifying how long they spend on things, I like that. Even though we haven't really talked about it much, we still got uh, rebar warnings on Twitter from people yes. all the time, which I appreciate. Like, yeah, like that. That really stuck with people. That real well. I mean, it's horrifying. Who needs to lose a hand? I think what's well, interesting, I, when I read the Alfred issues, I, I think back to Kirkman saying he really should have never cut Rick's hand off. Yeah. And I think about the same thing. Well, I guess since it's all moot point soon enough anyway. But who needs to lose a hand? Who would benefit by losing a hand? Okay, well, hold on. We got, we got, I got a couple of examples of characters lost hand, and you tell me if, okay. if we're... Okay, Aquaman. Was it good or that, bad? Yes, that was good with the hook. Was with good, the, with yes. the, was yeah, good? Yeah, for a while. Ultimately. Okay. Buster Bluth. <laughs> Lucille! Oh. I'm a monster! I, I hated that Buster lost his hand, by the way. He made a lot yeah. of great jokes, but then they were they were stuck with it. Yep. Exactly. That's what happens when you cut the hand off. Yeah. You can't go. Wait, okay, here we go. Going back to Star Wars Corner. Okay, Luke, okay, Luke, good. Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker was it was dealt the best because it was oh. We have the technology. Here's a robot hand, which I feel like all these people should be getting robot hands. Where's Alfred's robot hand? It all, he knows people at Star Labs. Exactly. Also, there was a nice there was a there was a reason that he got his hand cut off. Luke did because his his father was so much more machine. So it was it was you know the, to highlight the fact that he was on the way to the dark side. And then they just put a robot hand on. And we ne- we didn't really deal Would with. Would you it again. say he was more machine than man? <laughs> he was more machine than man. Not we got the cool, we got the cool little moment of the uh, the adjustment to the hand, and when his fingers yeah. did the like the oh that, oh, that was great. Yeah. So why did he go that back was... technology wise in the Force Awakens? That's a very good question because that hand does not look good. I think yeah. that the I think that the stuff just wore off, and he hasn't had like a two one B there to fix it up. He's, right, he's yeah. alone on that island; they don't have a doctor there. Good and he does, but he doesn't. He's also like he's gone way to Jedi Zen. He doesn't need it. He's like that's just extraneous. So here's well, then he should have no hand. He should have a Jedi hand. No, I mean let's, force hand. So the covering though. Let's. Good luck, sir. Here is a character who might <laughs> losing a hand might result in a couple of interesting stories, but then ultimately would be a burden, and that would be Doctor Strange. Yes. Because doesn't he use his hands to conjure spells? Uh, well, yes, does, but the whole does. point of him being Doctor Strange is that he lost the use of his hands already. Right, but he's now. Right. But, the, but the finger gestures make the spells happen, right? If he didn't have the yeah. fingers, he mm-hmm. would be depowered. But then maybe he'd be screwed. There's no good character for this. 
I don't know enough about Doctor Strange of if the finger gestures are just theatrics or right. if they're, they're required in the spell casting. I it's do like not it's know. like when guitar players play and they make all sorts of moves with their faces. Yep. Like yeah, they, exactly. that doesn't make the sound, but you can't not do it. I think, the I think Nigel, that's the Nigel Tufnell face. Yeah. Um, I think back to Age of Apocalypse when Wolverine didn't have a hand and he just had that metal stump that, but that never really added to the story at all. It just he just a way to make him look different. What about Lobo? Lobo could use yeah. Take Lobo's hands. Take them both. Take his feet. Replace it with that hook. Replace it with that hoof. with yeah the hoof. A hoof. Who else doesn't need could be benefited by not having a hand? Wolverine. I just said Wolverine. I know, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> Why wouldn't it grow back? I agree. Yeah. The, 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 the real thing is that you need the exit strategy to losing the hand. You need a way to bring him back. That's the thing. Like Aquaman was good because he had the hook. Luke Skywalker was good because he had the robot hand. Well, Aquaman's could turn into a hand also, right? Like it was like malleable. Later on, they gave him some sort of malleable one. Okay. But for well, most, most of Peter Davis running, it was just a hook. I feel like Batman could turn to Cyborg while they're on a JLA adventure and be like, you can make robot body parts, right? How about it? Can you make yeah. a hand? Jamie Lannister. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love, I love the, the metal fake hand that he uses to, and he catches the sword with. That was pretty cool. Well, no, because it under because his his whole thing was that he was the best swordsman. So you take that away from him, and what's he left with? And then just the rugged good looks. A really good haircut. Yeah. The problem now <laughs> is, is that he can't serve drinks the same way. Like it's yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. He also sews yeah. up wounds. <laughs> he flies got, machines. All right. Uses the computer. All right. All right. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Let's move on. Let's move on. Brian from Astoria, Queens, Josh's old haunting grounds, says, I'm writing because I was perusing YouTube and I came across episode 218 of our old video show about the DC relaunch from 2011. When they relaunched, I was already heavy into DC and I picked up probably half the number ones that were put out. I picked up many titles I normally wouldn't have because it was a fresh start and I wanted to give them a try. Since then, I'm down to three titles, Batman, Justice League, and Nightwing, uh, Grayson, I guess. That blows my mind because I love the DC Universe and all of its quirky and confusing histories. Reason for the email. How about an episode looking back at the launch and what worked for you guys? What didn't? What titles worked for the most for the company and least? Best new characters that emerged from the launch? Owls, Mr. Bloom, Pandora. And would you say this worked for them financially as a company? It's fitting because here we are where most titles are nearing 52 and now there's rumblings of another relaunch. We're not going to do a whole episode. That's insane. Yeah, that's for sure. We're not going to do a whole episode. And I don't really want I don't really want to look back on it because it was five years ago. And if you ask me like what? Well, yeah, but if you ask me what stuck, I mean, Batman's the only one that stuck. I feel like everything well, else has gone through the ringer. If we were still doing the video show, we would absolutely yeah. be doing an episode because, God, we needed the content. Sure, right, yeah, true. <laughs> but since we don't anymore, we'll do it here. Well, first of all, we should say, yes, there are rumblings of another DC reboot. There's been a lot of rumors in the comics press. I know people who work at DC, and they have confirmed these rumors are true, but I'm not going to say they are because I don't know. Well, yeah, well, we, we, Dan DiDio, Jim Lee, and Jeff Johns have all posted I- this image of curtains with the with the word rebirth projected on the curtains. So, and, and Jeff Johns has posted, a, you know, was re- going down memory lane on Instagram about his Flash rebirth and his Green right. Lantern rebirth project. So uh, something called rebirth is, ha- is coming, and it's going to be June. And I imagine we're going to see more details coming out of it. Yeah, so once the solicitations hit, we'll have to. So yeah. All, yeah. most likely all the books are starting over number one. Most likely, a lot of the characters are going to be rebooted, but we don't know. These are all this all speculation. Although this is a good way to get Alfred's hand back. It sure is. And if I may say, all about that. May forget that there was ever a son named Damien ever. Wow. Just forget. That's a whole other topic. Is that if you're if you're manning the reboot, what do you do? For me, for me, for DC, I mean, aside from getting rid of Damien and giving Alphabet back his hand, I just try to replicate whatever's going on on the CW as much as possible. No, honestly, it's almost I mean, that, like that, you've read the rumors, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> for, well, for me, it's it's less about, and I don't want, I don't mean to insult anyone directly, but it's about they got to get some of these creators back from Marvel. Yeah, they lost almost all the most talented people in comics to Marvel, and they haven't been back. And the biggest problem with the reboot for me, and anyone who listens to the show for any amount of time knows, I was very pro reboot. I've been saying I've been saying for years they needed to reboot. Yep. Just the, the execution of the reboot was was not was not very good. So that did, they, be, did they get, did they go too far? No, they didn't go far enough. They tried to reboot, but also keep all the old stories, which didn't make any sense when you th- thought about it for more than two seconds. And the, most of the creators who are now not even doing the books anymore are, s- yeah. are substandard. So uh, there's a couple of characters I would like to see. I, I, I need, they need to get rid of Damien, but they're, they're already saying that you know, he's 
going to be leading one of the teams, so he's probably not gone uh, for whatever yeah. reason. But Alfred's hand and Damien are my only two w- wants, really, to get rid of. I would like, uh, and, and, you know, I said it already, and it's probably obvious, but I want, you know, I want a Flash comic like the Flash TV show. That's what I want. I want a Flash comic I can read. I haven't read a Flash yeah. comic in years. I, there was, this week was a Harley Quinn team-up book with Green Lantern, and I realized I hadn't read a Green Lantern comic in probably five years, yeah. which was weird. Green Lantern has been, Green Lantern, I've been, I've been casually reading it off and on and talking about it with uh, the guy who runs my shop and stuff like that. It's been, it's had moments of ups and downs, of course, but uh, it hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been great. That's the problem, the biggest problem. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, if it, to, to point, cut back to his question, you know, the, the, the DC, the initial DC reboot and every other kind of stunt after that have helped have given an initial burst in sales and then but now but in the long term it's been a failure because now you know dc's that you know less than a quarter percent market share you know yeah. Mar- while well, marvel's almost at 50 percent you know like it's just it's crazy so um i would say it has not worked and whatever they and you keep saying every time they try one of these things it's like well if they you know this one better work and like you know and and, and what you know, i don't know what the alternative is like what, how many more failures it takes to to ma- make a change in leadership or a change oh in we know how to do and that's the thing yeah. is ultimately it's the same people running the show as before so i'm not fully yeah. confident anything's going to be that different this time so yeah i mean if you were to ask me i don't have specific character things or ideas but like i would change it on the basis of aesthetic yeah yep agreed but, but the thing is is that like they've already said they don't they don't want any more batgirling yeah, and, well, and i think that, and that's what we and that's what we want yeah sort of i mean it's not that i i that <clears throat> we we've talked a lot about a dc house style you know there's sort of a you know like antecedents of jim lee and and just sort of random yeah. dudes who, who do art that kind of works but is not thrilling and for me like like make these books look amazing you know and modern yep like like bring in artists who are exciting and not artists who were exciting in 1994 right. that's yep. that's that's I, I think that's what they think sells books and, and you know what and maybe it does but it's it's it, well clearly not looking but based on the market share yeah i guess you're right yeah. make superman superman again right you know, uh, it was it was a fun time. Like they didn't like I was gonna say it was fun that they did the T-shirt thing, but they didn't even stick with that. Like yeah. Superman was all over the place. They've like, the, done the, that story for a while. That was one of the biggest missteps. Was they never? I felt like every time I turned around, there was a new paradigm for Superman. Yeah, and you never knew what you were gonna get. Let him be Superman, and let somebody just tell some of those stories for Christ's sake. You know, like do big Superman stories. Like there must be another guy besides Grant Morrison. Who you know can can write epic Superman stories, and let's or or just, or just or keep Gene Yang on it and and get put Doc Shane or like like go, like but we talked about this already like like if you're not going to get big guys like a Jason Aaron or a you know Grant Morrison or a, you know or whomever you know Jonathan Hickman or whoever else out there although give Hickman Legionnaires and let him go to town right you know I mean that that's a no brainer you know get really good teams at but but match them up to their strengths you know like i mean clearly you've seen success i mean the harley quinn you know jimmy uh, jimmy Palmiotti, amanda connor that's not that's not you know it's not because she's going to be in suicide squad or because she was in the video games it's because jimmy and amanda make a great comic book with harley quinn who's a fun character and you can see they're playing to their strengths right do that you know so yeah i don't know yeah it's going to be interesting. We'll probably once they announce what's actually happening, we'll talk about it again. But I have everything I can have crossed, crossed for this because I really miss yep. being excited about DC books more than you know one or two of them. Yeah. But right now, if you take away all their Vertigo stuff, it would be looking really bleak right now. Yeah. Which yep. is a crazy thing to say. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for the email. If you have a question, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Uh, we'd love to have you in on the conversation. So send your emails in. Uh, and don't forget to say who you are and where you're from. And if you like me being melancholic about the state of D.C., listen to the Batman Bad Blood podcast that I did with Paul Montgomery and Ryan Haupt. That is where I went off about how Damien has ruined the Batman uh, You You lost world. it. You, yeah. had a, you, had, you, had a, you had a moment. So you can, yeah. you can hear me uh, lament the state of Batman in the Batman Bad Blood podcast. Wow. Well, speaking of movies, like I mentioned earlier, Deadpool comes out this weekend. Uh, I've already seen it. Connor, I believe you are seeing it. Yes. Sorry, I was stretching. <laughs> you will have seen it. I will, will I will have seen it before the day is done. Yes, all right. So and then we're going to talk about it. And so you can go uh, look for that uh, special edition podcast on the feed, hear what we think of Deadpool. I'm really excited to have this conversation. So stay tuned for that. Should I see it? Yeah, I, I say yes. Okay. Is there, is there any chance of you seeing it in, time, in a timely manner? No. 
Oh, okay. Well, then why bring it up? Why get our yeah, hopes exactly. up? That's, that's, the only, that's the only review that I want to hear is yeah. from the guys who know me very well. Should I see it? Because you would say right away, yes or no. Yes. That has nothing to do with if it's good or not. Yes, see it. I say yes, Josh. Definitely see it. Yes, yes. I have not seen it yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you like to watch me suffer. I do. Uh, speaking of suffering. No. <laughs> Hey, hey! I meant Billy Bats, not us. Mm. We do another podcast. It comes out weekdays called Goodfellas Minute. And every day we talk about one minute of the film Goodfella. Good... <laughs> Whoa, you still can't do yeah. it. You can't do it on the show. This Goodfella. show, that show, you can't say the name. Goodfella is a prequel. Uh. <laughs> Just about Joey Carbone. And I would watch that prequel. <laughs> You're damn right you would. Um, it's, uh, yeah, actually, it's Brian Gosling. It's a <laughs> transformation. <Great. laughs> In, a, in an Afro wig? Yeah. Boulevard. He still pulls it off. It's a real good show. We have a lot of fun doing it. So if you like hearing us talk about things, but maybe maybe we've used up your comic book quotient, you want to hear something else, well, I hope you like Goodfellas because there's a lot of that out there. Uh, so again, goodfellasminute.com uh, every weekday. We're getting near the end. Things are heating up in the movie. We're cresting. Well, it goes all, we still got a while. I got two more months. Yeah. Till, the show will keep coming out until mid-April. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, go to goodfellasminute.com. Oh. And you can also, while you're on the internet, you can go to ifanboy.com. And like I mentioned, you can comment on this show, talk about this week's books or anything else uh, on your mind about any of the other podcasts. You can comment on the Batman Bed Blood rant or on the Daredevil podcast. We want to hear what you think. Um, and, of course, you can follow us. Uh, go to facebook.com slash ifanboy or follow at ifanboy on Twitter. And you can all follow us individually. You can follow Josh at J.A. Flanagan to hear about his adventures in politics and records. You can uh, follow at C.S. Kilpatrick to hear if he's feeling well. And you can follow me at RonXO for nonsense. Spoiler warning, I don't feel well. Yeah. Finally, if you like this show, you like Goodfellas Minute, you like any podcast you listen to, please go to iTunes, write a review. That's the best thing you can do in lieu of financial help by helping, by helping people find the show and by writing reviews. Introduce your mom to the podcast. Introduce your cousin. It's, your, it's Valentine's Day. Introduce your date, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, boyfriend. Honey, tonight for Valentine's Day, I have a different plan for you. Yes. Just sit down there. Here's some head, <laughs> some earbuds. I'll be back in an hour. It's sexy time. We did a whole video show on love. Go dig that one up somewhere. I don't even know where that one is. Introduce people to podcasts. Help spread the iFanboy love all around. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week's show. Meds are wearing off. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. Have a fun, sexy time. What a fun, sexy time you'll have.